This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Ping.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Halton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. So for now, hey, our fearless friends, here's Lisa Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of Apple podcast downloads. We are once again joined by yet another phenomenal guest. My guest is someone who's very near and dear to my heart, who's named Alvin Avery. She is the angel author. So what can I tell you about Alvin? Well, Alvin Avery, MD of Harvard University, is a Canadian-born American writer who spent a little over a decade living in, in Bulgaria. In 2008, seven years into overcoming an abusive marriage, near death, and divorce, Alvin had a mystical experience one evening while vacationing at Katerino Spa in Razlog, Bulgaria. During this experience, Alvin saw a vision of her guardian angel in their true heavenly form. 2008 was a significant year for Alvin because she also had a vision of the Holy Spirit who guided her in writing her twin seminal books, Zion, the Holy City of God in Armageddon, The Fate of the Lofty Nation and Beyond. Although Alvin had studied theology at Harvard Divinity School and knew about angels theoretically, the mystical experience provided an entirely different understanding. It was a real encounter, a real angel, where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. At one point, Alvin was so eager to see her angel again that she set out on a bitterly cold winter day, walking all over the town of Kostinets, Bulgaria, and getting lost in the back roads close to the forest. Alvin then understood that angels don't appear when you want them to. They appear when they want to. It was in Kostinets that Alvin saw her guardian angel in human form for the first time. She learned that angels who reside in the fourth dimension do so using projected thought consciousness. Alvin then proceeded to document in thousands of pages tens of thousands of words and crude illustrations, the angelic manifestations she saw in journals that became books. Although everyone can see angels in human form, we can only recognize them as such with our hearts and through our faith. Alvin's books, ebook and paperback can be purchased and reviewed online on Amazon and Ask David. 
Alvin Avery welcomes serious offers from traditional publishers and can be contacted at alvin at alvinavery.com. Today, Alvin lives in Toronto, Ontario, where she works as a part-time chaplain in a retirement community. Alvin has written a total of 19 books thus far, enjoys writing spiritual books, and was previously interviewed under her real name by Lisa McDonald of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald on live radio in February of 2019. Alvin's deepest hope is that God blesses you and that you see angels. Alvin Avery, angel author, welcome to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. How are you, my friend? Oh, Lisa, I'm doing very well, and I'm just uh, thrilled to be on your program. Thank you so much. It's such a privilege and an honor. Well, it's a privilege and an honor to have you. And, you know, this is more deeply connected for me, given that the difference between me having showcased you here uh, originally back in February, as we cited in the intro, as compared to me uh, interviewing you here as Alvin Avery, is we actually had the opportunity and the privilege to meet one another. And I just have to say, you are a very phenomenally wise, brilliant, insightful person. And I garnered so much from that meeting uh, and really saw your soul. And it's a beautiful soul. Thank you so much. I just want you to know that it really was reciprocal. I think you are amazing. And like you said, when we met, it's just an exchange that happens uh, between us. You know, when people are on the same kind of vibe, the same energetic level, Mm -hmm. you just kind of feel these things. And then we learn from each other. We support each other. We absolutely do. And, you know, I thought it was interesting. And I think, you know, there's a lot of merit to discussing this here. And perhaps this is the best way to open up, Alvin, is, you know, we talked a lot about the concept, you know, where people have a hard time fathoming or believing what they can't actually see. Um, And we know that when it comes to faith, we know that when it comes to results, we know that when it comes to outcomes, whatever it is, it's like people need to have the evidence in front of them before they're apt or inclined to understand that there is other dimensions out there. There are other perspectives. There are other life forms. There's a whole bunch of things that we haven't even scratched the surface on in terms of being able to understand the scope and the magnitude of, of what lies within the universe. So let's talk a little bit about for yourself i mean it's it's one thing to have gone to school and it's one thing for that to have been your calling and your purpose but as cited in the intro alvin you know yes you can read all these things you can research them you can understand the lineage behind it but until you have that encounter on your own what did that do for let's talk about what that aha epiphany moment was for you and and share what you want don't share what you don't want, but just to give the audience some essence and some understanding and some insight from your perspective. Okay, yeah. So um, I'm sort of taking off um, from the point where we left off in our last interview, our last conversation, which happened under my real name. And I would like to say that after I went through this really very horrendous, uh, abusive marriage, I went to Bulgaria and I spent time with my parents and I did that in, in order to recover, you know, from all of the trauma that happened during the marriage. And one winter, it was in 2008, 
we decided to take a little break and go to um, a spa center called Katerino Spa. It's near the city or town of Razlog in Bulgaria. And we rented, I guess it's called a suite because it was really large. And so my parents were on one side of the suite. There was a big fireplace and living room in the middle. And my bedroom and quarters were on the other side. And so that evening, uh, I was just lying down in bed, and I, I remember the window. There was like a lattice curtain, and I could see the moon that was um, sh shining. And uh, all of a sudden, I felt like I was going to be sick, like ill, you know, even though there was nothing wrong with me. So I, I really don't know why I would feel something like that. But um, suddenly, I felt something strange happening with, my, with myself. It was almost like I was, you know... Um, I guess leaving my body or something. I uh, I don't know how else to talk about it, but mm -hmm. I felt that I was in front. I was just facing my guardian angel. I knew that this was my guardian angel. I could see my angel. I, I felt my angel. I I, com I was starting to, I communicated even with my angel. And the love that I felt at this moment, the love, the tremendous love that I felt from my angel was greater than any love I have ever felt as a human being on this planet you know so mm -hmm. it was really 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 amazing and then I just I just um, I came out of that and what happened after that we we went back home you know and but I my mind kept thinking back to this experience with my guardian angel and what I thought what I thought was that um, subsequently my dad had like a critical age crisis and uh, he had a lover and he decided that he was going to leave the family. So there was this big crisis that, that began. Um, it didn't happen right away. It was like happening maybe in 2009, 2009 or something. So I think that this first encounter with my angel, because angels know everything, you know, they're part of they're part of God. They're part of this greater umbrella uh, called God, however we interpret God. They're part of this team, if you will, you know, mm -hmm. God, Jesus, mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit, angels. They're all part of this big team. And they knew in advance because God is omniscient. God knows what's going to happen to you before it actually happens to you. They knew that these, these, this crisis was going to happen, that it was really going to shake up our family. And so that's why I think I had this incredible vision of my guardian angel. So my mind, as I'm, you know, living near the town of Kosinets, was how can I see my angel again? You know, I just kept thinking angel, angel. I, I never thought of this at Harvard. I wasn't thinking of it at all. I was just mm -hmm. a student, you know, trying to get by. <laughs> um, so here I was, and then I, I just started walking. One day I just went on a walk. I went walking in Kosinets. It was bitterly cold. I thought, I'm going to see my angel, you know. Um, and boy, did I understand that that's not the way to go because angels don't appear when you want them to. They appear when they want to. And so what happened, my angel started talking to me telepathically. You know, it was what I call mind-to-mind -mind communication. Uh, they started that way and very gradually started teaching me lessons, um, which became my first angel book, which is called Lessons from My Guardian Angel. And in a little bit, I'm going to read just a few little blurbs from it. Um, but my angel was teaching me things slowly and gradually. Um, and, and, and what happened after a while, um, I was able to actually see my angel in human form uh, for the first time, again, in the city of Kostanets. 
And uh, I don't discuss, you know, what my angel looked like in the heavenly form. And mm -hmm. I don't discuss what my angel looked like the first time I saw them because I don't want our listeners to become fixated about my angel in one particular appearance. Mm -hmm. um, I think that we have to recognize that angels can appear in multiple appearances. And this is what what I was starting to learn over time, how to uh, deal with the fact that I was able to see my guardian angel appear to me in different forms, both male and female forms, but being one and the same angel. Wow, beautiful. Mm. Well, let me ask you this then, Avery, or Alvin, sorry. Um, mm -hmm. So, when somebody, and you know, maybe you can only obviously speak for yourself unless you've had discussions to find out other people who have had similar experiences or encounters, what the commonalities might be. But obviously, at least from your perspective, when somebody in the physical realm here has that encounter or has an exchange or an interaction or feels and sees the presence of somebody in fourth dimension, call it as we are here, an angel. What does that then do for you as the person in the physical world here? Does that offer you a sense of deeper, more consistent type peace? Uh, does it offer you a sense of um, deeper purpose? Does it offer you a more illuminated light where you're, you're more in the higher vibrational level, energetic-wise? Like, let's talk a little bit about that convergence. Yeah, so what happened to me, and I'm going to be very, very specific about this, um, after my father left the home, and we were in Bulgaria, my mother and I, so I spoke the language, my mom just knew a few words, can you imagine what it would be like to be abandoned in a foreign country? where you may be of of, of Bulgarian ethnicity, but you're really not Bulgarian. I mean, I'm a Canadian-American. So I just was desperate. I didn't know what I was going to do, you know. So I was just communicating with my guardian angel, getting, getting the books going, writing, whatever my angel was telling me. And then one day I, I and I was going to Dolnabanya, which is a little village close to where I lived at the time, uh, and going to the pool, going swimming. And uh, what happened one day is that uh, I met my guardian angel at that pool in a particular form. Uh, and uh, this particular form was a man who, who was a textile engineer. And uh, I, at first I thought the guy was mafia because there's a lot of mafia in Bulgaria. You've got to be careful, you know. Because mm -hmm. he had a big face and a big nose. And I thought, who, who is this guy? And I, I describe in The Truth About Angels, my second book about angels, Truth About Angels, part one. I describe how I met him. And what happened was that my guardian angel chose this particular form to start helping me with my family problem. So I, I, what I'm, the way I'm answering your question, Lisa, is that God... Uh, helps us get out of almost impossible situations. My situation was almost an impossible one. I was in Bulgaria. My father abandoned us. He took the family car. I had a 28-year-old Volkswagen that I was driving. I was, you know, trying to support my mom in this situation, this horrible situation. But God was good. God came in the form of my guardian angel and introduced himself to me at that pool. And then we started dialoguing. That's when that particular friendship 
began. But again, I want to encourage you and our listeners not to fixate on that particular form because angels are very free. They can appear in multiple forms, which I describe in The Truth About Angels. I describe how angels can appear, how they can transform. They are on missions, Lisa. They have Mm -hmm. particular missions that God assigns to them um, to help their wards, specifically their wards. And uh, I can read to you from lessons, if you if you don't mind. Yes, lessons please. From my, Love mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So lesson number seven is called the fidelity of angels. So it says, angels are entirely devoted to God. Their faithfulness towards him is boundless and absolute. Even if, for example, an angel doesn't like a particular assignment, they will faithfully accomplish their mission because they recognize that God knows exactly what he's doing. They are convinced that his matchless wisdom has positioned them precisely where they should be. They know that out of the billions of people on earth, their charge is the one that they are supposed to watch over. Wow, beautiful. Mm. Well, let, let me ask you this then, Alvin, because there's a lot of people, I mean, you can't be a human being on this planet and not have, uh, not having undergone or experienced some type of trauma or some type of crisis. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, a plethora, there's a countless amount of people who would have been receptive to having had the experience, not necessarily requesting it, not seeking it, but just they could have benefited from having had that experience. So for somebody who's not requesting or trying to beckon the presence of an angel to emerge in front of them so as to lift them out of that so-called crisis, why is it that, because I always play devil's advocate on this show to offer up deeper levels of understanding and perspective, but, and maybe this is just an opinion you can offer, but why is it for many people who would have said, you know, I've been in crisis and I wasn't particularly asking or requesting that an angel appear, but it certainly would have helped me and I would have been receptive. So for all these angels who are tasked to be here, who have a very specific mission, a very specific purpose, what do you think out of all the people who are in crisis who would be equally um, grateful that only some people have that experience, do you think? Okay, so... I, I'm not sure if I if I agree with you, Lisa, and I'm going to okay. tell you why. I'm going to tell you why, and this is kind of hopeful. I don't think that God discriminates. I think that God just shows up for people. It's it's a question of our consciousness. Mm-hmm. How aware are we that this is happening? Uh, there are moments when when angels appear. And people may not recognize them as angels. There's a whole difference between an angel appearing in disguise and an individual recognizing them as such. I think that I just happen to have this special gift that I can recognize angels in disguise. I I was told that there are only six people on earth who can do this, and I'm one of them. Wow. Uh, Yeah, I'm not saying that to, you know... I don't want to boast or anything. It's just my gift. It's my weird gift. I can recognize angels in disguise. So what I would like to retort is that this is happening all the time, all over the planet. It's not just happening in Bulgaria. It happened to me in Bulgaria. It happened that that's where I was progressively 
you know, led through angel school, I guess, where I got all the teachings and I was able to write all these books so that people can benefit from the experience that, that you know, to, 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 to get more detail so that they can explain their own experiences. Um, I, I, I was on the internet and I read an article about, you know, there was like, uh, I think there was a mass shooting in the U.S. It was the not the latest one. It was one in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. And there was somebody who was like really injured. And they were they were on a stretcher in the hospital. And all of a sudden, this this person, they don't even know who it is, comes up to the stretcher and they say their name and they say to them, you're going to effing make it, you know, and those words help that person make it so that they survive, survive countless, you know, count, numerous operations where they remove bullets and stuff that had been. So I'm saying to you, these things are happening. You know, it's it, people may think that they're not happening, but they really are happening. God is there. And if you've, you've suffered a trauma, my heart goes out to you. My heart goes out to you. I suffered a, a, a tremendously horrific, abusive marriage. I don't wish that on anybody. Mm-hmm. I don't wish you to go through any trauma. But unfortunately, trauma does happen. And yet God is, God is right there, active in the mix, sending his angels to us. Wow. Okay. So I have a two prong question here. So knowing that you have indicated that you are one of six people who have this gift uh, of seeing angels, have, do you know who they are? Have you consulted with them? Have you had conversations? Have you been able to extrapolate some commonality or experiences or, because I mean, it's important, particularly for whatever it is that uh, we experience in life, you know, there's support groups for this and support groups for that. People have a sense of knowing where they want to go or who they can turn to for anybody who's experienced a similar type experience. So for you, have you been able to congregate with these people or find out a little bit more about them? Unfortunately, no, Lisa. I was just told by my guardian angel telepathically that I'm one of six. I don't know who these other people are. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just I think that my angel was trying to tell me that there's just a very small group of people who can do something like that. I mean, as far as we know, it could be someone in, in, in the Amazonian jungle. You know, maybe I wouldn't even be able to reach them. I, I don't know who these people are, Lisa. The only thing I can do is honestly relate to you my own experiences Absolutely. with this. Beautiful. So the second part of that two-prong question, Alvin, is if if the angel had said to you that you are one of six people who has this gift, um, for all the people who have declared or professed, written about, or discussed having been touched by an angel, mm-hmm. um, not necessarily seeing an angel, but feeling touched by an angel. Like, for mm-hmm. example, you know, mothers who get this Hercules-type strength when their child mm-hmm. is trapped underneath a car, and they don't know where they mustered up the strength. It's physically impossible. You can't really explain it. doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. But mm-hmm. they're able to rescue their child and lift mm-hmm. up that that mm-hmm. car. Mm-hmm. So, is that an an example of they haven't necessarily witnessed or seen or spoken or communicated with an angel, but they felt something that was definitely working bigger than them? Yes, for sure. I, it's okay. happening. It's happening all the time. In other words, I just happen to be in this whole story. I just happen to have gone into it in more depth than more people would ever mm-hmm. go. That's all. That's the only difference between me and another person who has had this kind of experience, you know. 
Now, the gift is another thing, the gift of be, being able to see and recognize. And yes, I think I'm part of a very small group. But do angels appear all the time? They're, they're working with us. They're, they're in the mix. It's happening all the time. How, to what degree we can interpret or understand or explain is another matter. Sometimes these things happen very quickly. I mean, if someone's in a car or something and they're driving, uh, mm -hmm. and then, you know, it's like something happens supernaturally. They're about to have a car accident, but instead their car just supernaturally goes through the car that they were supposed to completely wreck with. You know, how do you explain that? So mm -hmm. uh, there are things like that. I mean, I'm sure that there are numerous examples about angels appearing. But uh, in my case, I just have the enormous privilege uh, of being able to have a longstanding association with my guardian angel in human form, which I think is unusual, you know? Mm-hmm. And so just to clarify, Alvin, then, so because you have had this encounter, you have this relationship, you have this kinship with your angel, you've already had dialogues. Now, going back to the intro where you said it's not something you can request, they just, they show up. So mm -hmm. um, is that true of every time? Like, or like, because you've already experienced that relationship, you have that kinship. Does that apply to you as well, where you can't bequest the presence of your angels surfacing? They just naturally do? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I, 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 I want to be careful in how I answer your question. Sure. I think this is a really important question. Um, the more we deepen our relationship with our guardian angel the more our angel will reveal to us. Mm -hmm. So this dialogue that we're having, this interview that we're doing, I want to be very careful to protect the identity of my angel in, you know, particularly mm -hmm. in forms where I have more contact with them. I think that's very important. I'm not going to, to reveal that. And this is not important for our listeners either. Absolutely. What is what is the most important thing in this story is to understand that there are angels, that they are appearing, and that there's a new breed of angels out there. And that leads me to lesson number 40 in Lessons mm. from My Guardian Angel, Lisa. I just want to read a few words here. Please do. Even though angels are thousands of years old, and despite the fact that I cited biblical examples of angelic encounters from days gone by, the truth is this, there's a new breed of angels out there. Angels are modern and up-to-date. Those angels who've been given earthly assignments that involve appearing in front of and interacting with people today are fully equipped to deal with contemporary issues. Angels are not static beings, but beings who are always developing. Their development happens both in heaven and on earth. And I conclude by saying, angels speak our language. When I say, quote-unquote, angels speak our language, I'm not only referring to the fact that they can talk to us in the language that we're most comfortable with, I also mean that they are, they are acutely aware of the problems we faith, face, both as individuals and as a society. Wow, beautiful. And so in your experience then, Alvin, does your relationship with your particular guardian angel, does that, has that transformed from a human perspective where as humans, we, you know, we feel all myriad of emotions, we feel trepidation, we feel angst, we feel fear, we feel all those things. Has that somehow shifted for you on a more consistent basis where because you have that relationship and you know that there's more 
going on here in the fourth dimension than what people can f- physically see, touch, smell, hear, etc. Um, that you you feel a sense of eternal, ongoing, consistent lightness, brightness, peacefulness, tranquility, harmony. Like, what has this done to your disposition? What does this do to your mindset? What does this do to the core of who you are? Yeah, so your question is, it's amazing because it led exactly to the next bookmark that I have. I put... <laughs> I See, put no coincidence. Some, <laughs> I put some, some business cards here in my book to mark the spot where I, you know, what I thought would be interesting to talk about next. And it's exactly, what you're asking me is exactly connected to this. It has to do with how the loving relationship uh, between uh, an angel and a human being can really can really change the person and this is lesson number 52 it's called the call of the wild when you decide to love and be loved by an angel your life will never be the same again although I alluded to this earlier let me repeat that there is simply no comparison between relationships with other people and relationships with angels the words bliss ecstasy rapture completion and union only begin to describe what it feels like to be loved by an angel. Loving an angel and being loved by one is like taking a journey inside yourself. Their love will, quote unquote, unearth negative emotions that are buried deep inside your psyche, bring them to the light, release them, and heal you. Um, And I'll just read a little more from this because I think Mm -hmm. it's important. Dominion isn't domination. Although we are, quote, a little lower than the angels, this is what the Bible says, being under an angel's dominion isn't the same as being dominated. You You retain your precious free will and the ability to select both your thoughts and actions at every stage of the relationship. It's not true that love has to hurt to be really good. And then I say, going steady. If your guardian angel asks you to be the quote-unquote one for them, say yes. You won't regret it. Although you commit to them, you don't lose your freedom. You gain a partner in eternity. Beautiful. Well, let's, um, I think it would be important to discern for the listening audience and eventually the podcast subscribers, Alvin, you know, we often in today's day and age, we say a lot of things um, that don't necessarily hold the true context of its original meaning. So, for example, and I've actually done this with you and you corrected me. And I said, you know, in in one particular instance, we were having a a conversation and I said, you know, you're like my guardian angel. And you said, no, it's not like that, Lisa. (laughs) (laughs) So, so for the benefit of the listening audience, can you make that really definitive distinction as to why that's not something that would be accurate to say, even though it comes from a kind hearted, well-intentioned place? Yeah. Um, one of the things that we have to kind of accept is that we are mortals. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I are mortals. It means that we have a particular, you know, lifespan. It, it's 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 not going to go beyond what God wants for us. You know, it's sort mm-hmm. of something that we're not going to live forever. Is what I'm trying to say. Um, within ourselves, we have what I think are called etheric bodies, spiritual bodies. Um, 
we could possibly call it the soul. And I'm not going to go into arguments as to what Aristotle Aristotle thought or what Plato thought. I think this is not not the point here mm-hmm. um, about the soul, how 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 linked it is to the body, how 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 it's not linked. All of that is not the point of what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. But we have there is a, there are different dimensions, and in my book books I talk about the fourth dimension. So we're clearly living in the third dimension. Um, but we're not angels. I mean, we can say to someone, if you see a little kid and he's really cute or she's really cute, you may say, oh, what a cute little angel. You know, we say that metaphorically. Mm-hmm. Um, because on some level, I, th- I think we say that because on some level, deep within our, our subconscious, we know about angels. And we know that there's this other realm, the fourth dimension, um, where angels live. They actually live in the fourth dimension. So now when we die, when we die, I believe that our bodies are just biochemical bundles that are going to disintegrate. But that etheric body, that soul, it goes straight to the fourth dimension and we instantly get a new body, Lisa. Instantly. Mm -hmm. We get a fourth dimensional body. Um, Just like we have bodies on earth, we have bodies in the fourth. We're going to have bodies in the fourth dimension. So we become angels in this sense. Now, we're not the kind of angel. There are two kinds of angels. There are the eternal angels that never adopted human, that never, you know, were never born as, as, as mortals. And then Mm -hmm. there are the, uh, the angels who are like people who become angels. So those are the two very main categories, fundamental, that we need to distinguish between. So, okay. So what's happening is on the fourth dimension, these angels in their angel bodies, they are able to, using their minds, using a process which is called projected thought consciousness, they can project themselves into our third dimension, third dimensional world. And that's the way that we see them that's how we are able to see them appear and again I can recognize them someone else who who may not take it in in depth may not go as deep may not be able to instantly recognize but on some level they feel it they feel that something's different about that person it's a positive person it's someone who emits a whole lot of positive wonderful energy lisa it's beautiful energy that is pure it comes straight from heaven and 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 it comes to us here on earth these angels when they appear in human form they help us get through traumatic situations um you know uh life and death situations and sometimes they're just our co-worker they can be a co-worker they can they can actually lead lives on earth pardon me in particular forms for a long time you know it's it's called living in disguise i would say and mm-hmm. and here they are and they're they're helping they're they're you know and there's a whole lot of energy as we spoke about when we met involved in this and this is this is the key difference between are you talking to a person or are you talking to an angel in disguise you're going to feel that energy you can even get really tired after spending quite a bit of time with uh, a being who is manifesting in human form because it takes a whole lot of energy to create such a form using your mind i can't even imagine doing that Wow. Okay, well, a couple of thoughts came to me simultaneously. I'm going to try and hold them both because I think they're both important to find out your thoughts on this, uh, Alvin. So, okay, so are there different um, uh, distinctions or categories of angels? Like, say, for example, 
Uh, would it be accurate, inaccurate, if somebody, rather than prefacing or referencing or using the jargon of, of guardian angel, but was perhaps recognizing it in, say, an indigo child with an orb around them, a strong aura? Like, is, 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 there, is that synonymous or is it completely different? So with all due respect to indigo children and, and you know, I, from what I've, the little I've read, I, I think that these are very advanced children who can, mm -hmm. who can, who are very attuned, uh, and who can do things that that I would just, you know, not be able to do. For example, they they may be able to put their hand through a wall or something. For them, that's nothing at all. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. not, I can't put my hand through a wall. It's not going to work for me. I don't know if you can, Lisa, but. I, I no, care. and I don't really want to try, actually. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I feel I may hurt my hand or something. Yes. You know? So I, don't, I can't really speak about these uh, children. Uh, I only speak about what I know. I speak mm -hmm. about my guardian angel because I have a relationship with my angel. Mm -hmm. um, my angel, you know, is also my twin flame. I can tell you that. I'll honestly say that my angel is my twin, twin flame. And uh, when you have a twin flame reunion... This causes a great amount of good uh, that happens, not only for yourself, but for, for your society, for your planet, you know. So what we're really going for is that um, is it, it's really these twin flame reunions. So, we, yeah, that's my okay. thought. Okay, so the other thought that, that came to me then, Alvin, is... Maybe you know this, maybe you don't know this. Maybe it's just an opinion that you or, you know, you would be referring to your intrinsic thoughts on this, your intuition perhaps. Mm -hmm. But is it your belief that because you have this relationship with the guardian angel, and this is not something that people in the physical world can say that they've had, you know, this isn't an everyday occurrence for the majority of people, Um do you think that this is a, when we're talking about reincarnation, when we're talking about karmically mm -hmm. speaking, do you think you having had this relationship and this experience is a prerequisite to you yourself then becoming in the next, in the fourth dimension, becoming an angel yourself or you come down to earth or whatever that looks like and you show mm -hmm. up as someone else's guardian angel? Do you think this is how it works? Um. I can tell you that readers who are interested in getting more information about my guardian angel have to read a book I wrote called Veronica's Story. Mm -hmm. Veronica's Story is really my angel story. Um, and I recommend reading this book. I think you've read it, Lisa. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Beautiful book. Thank you. So this is the story that gives the, the bottom line about how my angel, when and in, the, in that incarnation, she was a she, okay? So she was a female who mm -hmm. was abused by her parents. She was, like, sold into, you know, for having sex with men. And the parents would get the money. She would give them the money. And she was too young to really know what she was doing, that this was, you know, she felt that it was not right. But she didn't know what power she had as a child to get out of that situation because her parents were the authority figures in that case. So what happened was she died um, um, you know, in a car accident at around the age of 18, God took her out of that situation literally through death, and she instantly became an angel. Now, this individual, you know, I mean, this this soul is my angel, and I'm saying that souls. So I think that I've answered your question. I think that that that's that's sort of what happens. It's a process where 
and to, I'm just talking about my angel, that in, in, mm -hmm. in, in her case, she was going through all of this horrific kind of abuse, praying. She had guardian angels. Her guardian angel was helping her during that ordeal. And she said, I say in the book, I think that she wouldn't have been able to get through it without having her guardian angel uh, help her through that. She dies. My angel, my <laughs> this individual who is no longer alive dies, becomes an angel and becomes my guardian angel. So that's the process the way I understand it, you know, and mm -hmm. I know that you can read like technical books like Dionysus, uh, the Aeropa guide wrote the celestial hierarchy of angels. And he goes through all the different levels of angels. It's a classic, you know, I, I, I'm not there, Lisa, I'm only, I'm, I'm kind of, I guess, low level, I just talk about what I know. And, and that's yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and the thing is, though, you know, being on this show and because I'm I'm learning here too I'm taking notes as I'm speaking with mm. you I mm. I process for hours after you mm. and I met mm. and uh you know Thank and you. so and because a lot of people um you know we're all operating at different levels of self-awareness we've all mm -hmm. had different experiences I'm thinking yeah. about the demographic of people that would also be tuning in who mm -hmm. are receptive to further understanding based on mm -hmm. your experiences and your insights but mm -hmm. can't necessarily wrap their head around it some people yeah. they can't wrap their yeah. head around it but it doesn't put them in the category of being a necessary cynic or a skeptic but they're just trying to understand it in terms that are not familiar with them in everyday life right yeah mm -hmm. so um Okay, so what else would you want to share with all of us, Alvin, like in terms of where can your books be found? How can people reach out to you if they feel that they can relate or resonate, uh, but they feel very isolated or they feel that these are subject matters that they wouldn't know who else in the general public or in their family to turn to without, you know, being ostracized or judged or they just mm -hmm. want to know where they can turn to and feel that mm -hmm. sense of belonging and understanding and acceptance. How can mm -hmm. people connect with you? Okay, before I say that, I just want to say one last thing. about. Yes. Okay, so this is from Lessons from My Guardian Angel. It's called Lesson Number 130, The Gift of Flight. And it starts out by saying, angels can fly. Now, this touches me. I just read the first line of that lesson because this is the difference between being mortal and being an angel. Angel can Angels can fly, Lisa. So mm -hmm. um, angels are here to help us rise. They are here to help us rise from our situations. If if the listener is feeling isolated, maybe they've had an experience with angels. They're embarrassed to talk about it. Um, I can understand deeply. I'm using a pen name for this reason because I don't think our society is there yet. I don't think right. we're there yet, you know. Um, but I want to assure you that if I'm comfortable talking about angels, then I hope that my comfort, my level of comfort, will just reach out to you and you can feel good about the more of us get together and talk about this the more people will understand that telepathy is real, angels yes. are real. There isn't, it's not just what we see on the news every day. You turn on the news and it's just one horror story of another after another. Mm -hmm. This is not the case with the angels. There's, there's, they're like one positive story after, the, after another. Love it. <laughs> so if people want, I suggest read my books. Um, Zion and Armageddon are more like you know, very deep, heavy books, harder to read. But if you're a, a, a theology buff and you're interested in that, go ahead and read them. Uh, if you're interested in the angels, start with lessons from my guardian angels and then move right along down the line. Truth about 
uh, Angels Part 1 is the next book. I haven't published The Truth Part 2. I'm still holding on to that. Um, it does exist, however, and there are other books, many other books available. They're on Amazon. You can buy them uh, in Kindle as Kindle books to read on your Kindle reader, or you can um, buy them in print as print copies. They're not expensive. I deliberately made them, you know, very uh, low prices so that people can afford them. This is what I want. I want people to read them and to start understanding how good God is and how good our angels are. They're, they're here to help us. There is no situation that there's not an exit from. Just be patient. Don't don't rush. If you're a reader listening, you're 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 facing a traumatic situation, don't rush. Reach out to God, pray, let let God help you find the best solution and God will work with you. I guarantee you. I know. I've been there. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, I would be interested in knowing too, is it is it a result of your relationship and your experience with your guardian angel that you've known exactly what to write about, the sequence in which to write in terms of one body of work uh, leading into the next body of work, even yes. coming up with titles and subject chat. Like this has all been yes. spoken to you. This has been yes. communicated to Wow. Yes. Yeah. Lessons from my guardian angel was given to me telepathically. I say that in, in the introduction of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, um, I dedicated to my guardian angel. I said, this book is dedicated to my guardian angel without whose loving inspiration and guidance it could not have been written. I owe everything to, I, I would say, two groups of people, my parents and my angel. My parents raised me. My angel took me to higher levels, you know. Beautiful. And so within your understanding, even within the fourth dimension, is there anything, because people are used to seeing things or understanding or comprehending things in in form of hierarchy, going back to evolution, right? Mm -hmm. So is there anything that would supersede an angel, a guardian angel, or is guardian angel it? Like, is that kind of the echelon, the echelon of it all? I'm really glad that you asked this question. This question is the question that we should conclude on. It is a critical question. Um, I I want everybody to know that it's it's important not to worship angels. There is a higher hierarchy. There is God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. I'm speaking from a Christian perspective now uh, and from my own personal religious belief. This is the tribe that I'm affiliated with, God, Mm -hmm. Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And even before I met my guardian angel, even before I had that vision, uh, we didn't talk about it on this uh, show, but I had a vision where I actually encountered God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. This is where it's at, Lisa. Um, There is a hierarchy. It is called the celestial hierarchy. There are Mm -hmm. classics that deal with that. Uh, The point is, don't worship your guardian angel, but understand, be grateful, be very respectful. Angels have a lot of power, you know. We -hmm. don't realize that. We don't know how powerful they are. We think that we can get away with murder. Some people do things, they don't reflect, they don't know that. The things that their acts that they're doing, Lisa, have consequences. So I'm just, you know, just imploring people, be respectful to your angel. Don't worship them, but be respectful. Be grateful. Know that their love, it's an effort on their part, that they're loving you. They're they are there for you. They're guiding you. 
and, and read my book so that you can find out the, the deepness of this story. And read them from the beginning. It's a slow read sometimes, but it progressively shows how it really happens, the, truth, the truth about angels. Beautiful. Well, again, I like to talk in parallels so that mainstream people who are tuning into this show can get even more out of the understanding of what you're imparting with us uh, here. So I do a lot of um, comparables or, or, you know, comparisons. So if we're looking at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and we know that the top of the hierarchy of needs is self-actualization, that's when you've really evolved in the Mm -hmm. physical form, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. if we're paralleling that with the hierarchy of angel, Mm-hmm. what would it be comparable to Maslow's self-actualization? What would that be at the guardian angel level? So I think that in the same way that we grow and evolve on this earth and that our needs change and, and you know, we grow, everything that we face as difficult as it is moves us up, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in, in life. And so angels are also, I would imagine, you know, also growing as they're they're in their own environment. Um, they're growing not only by having relationships with us, but they're growing by having relationships with other angels. It, it never ends, Lisa. I think it's mm-hmm. kind of like this endless kind of eternal growth and 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 perfection, if you will, and and understanding, you know, beautiful. So in in guardian angel, fourth dimension languaging or uh, realm of comprehension is guardian angel spirit world um, is that absent of what we see here in physical world in terms of evil in terms of fear in terms of consumption greed is it is it just eternal bliss is it eternal mm-hmm. lightness brightness yeah all, all the good yeah. stuff all the yummy stuff mm-hmm. that's it in other words we can't have we can't we cannot be we cannot grow in an environment that has wickedness evil pain lies deception mm-hmm. um you know backstabbing murder you're not going to be able to grow in such an environment so there has to be an environment that is free from these things so that beings mm-hmm. can grow this is the world that angels inhabit now i'm going to say just a little more about that um you know, we've, we know that there's heaven, we've heard of heaven, but where is heaven? Where is heaven? Um, from my understanding, there's another universe that is uh, adjacent to our universe. Uh, I believe that heaven is located in that universe, but I also believe that God sends a planet called the New Jerusalem uh, to that, that, that periodically comes uh, and 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 brings healing and relief. Um, it it kind of circulates, if you will, throughout the universe, throughout our universe. And there are many angels on this at that location as well on this planet. So you have two kind of bilocational, if you will, bilocational um, areas where there are multitudes of angels. One would be heaven, other dimension, and uh, other universe, I should say, and the second one would be this uh, New Jerusalem, which the Bible talks about coming uh, with 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 God and His saints towards what is called the end of history, to 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 renew and to recreate our planet so that it can become uh, the perfection that that is heaven itself. 
Okay. So is the question of where is heaven just as equivalently significant and important as what is heaven? Is it, a, it do, do the two have to merge in terms of one can't exist without the other? Or like if there was, if there was two aspects that a, a, a human being here could really try to adapt or adopt or fathom and wrap their head around, would it be more important to focus on the where is heaven or, or the what is heaven or both of them working in tandem? Listen, I think both are important. Um, mm-hmm. But in order to, to, to grow best, it's like saying, you know, you have a, a plant and this plant is growing. Uh, if you have very good fertilized soil and you have sunshine and you're watering the plant, it's going to grow like crazy and we know that. Mm-hmm. But if, if you have this plant and it's just like in a tiny little bit of soil and it's cloudy all the time and the person who's responsible keeps forgetting to water it, you know, maybe not giving any water at all, that poor plant is going to wither, you know. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I see that the, the, the what is heaven is the understanding that when we're in such an environment, and, and this is what, for you know, just from a Christian perspective, uh, we have this hope of eternal salvation that we're going to, when, when we die, you know, we're going to go to heaven, and then we'll be in this environment, and, and, and we were, we're going to be blooming in this environment, because those, the things that make life so challenging here just don't exist there. And mm-hmm. I recommend I recommend Veronica's story again because my angel describes heaven in that book. So, I, you know, for a description of heaven and what it's like, turn to Veronica's story. That's where I talk about that. Or I should say that's where my angel talks about that. Beautiful. Well, very quickly, while being cognizant of time, Alvin, mm-hmm. I would like to say, you know, I admittedly am out of my breath. Uh, and scope oh. of conversation um, <laughs> or understanding with this conversation, although I'm completely, uh, you know, I'm really absorbing all of this and I'm really inspired and I'm really interested and I'm really eager to learn more. Um, but what question have I not asked that would be crucial for you to answer for the benefit of the listening audience and again, eventually the podcast subscribers? Because this is about doing the listeners. Mm-hmm. best service here so I wouldn't even you know I, I see things from a different perspective but it's not about my perspective it's about your perspective mm-hmm. and this is about me also as the host becoming further enlightened further educated and when you don't know what you don't know so I'm mm-hmm. I'm out of my this is not my wheelhouse here so what mm-hmm. did I not ask that I should ask or that you can speak mm-hmm. to now that would really mm-hmm. leave an imparting impression for the listeners so first of all, Lisa, you know, thank you for saying that and being vulnerable. Uh, some t- I would like to admit that I also don't know what I don't know. And, and there are moments when I pinch myself because it is really, you know, an amazing thing to be able to see angels and interact with them. I just pinch myself and say, wow, this is really mm-hmm. happening. You know, so you asked all the right questions. I felt that we've flowed very very nicely especially with the bookmarks they were (laughs) just kind of happening right on target so you asked the right questions I don't think there's anything that you didn't didn't ask I could just say for for the listening audience that you're not alone you're not alone God loves you God loves you so much that God uh, has a group of beings called angels that God has prepared to help you and they're there how conscious you are of them it it doesn't really matter, but they're there. 
and and so um, the more you're willing to pray and or meditate, you know, however you do it, to to reach out to try to understand uh, this this kind of situation, to call out for help when you need to, there will be a response, even if you think that there's not a response, because some people say, "Well, where's God? I've been praying so long, man. I I haven't gotten an answer." What's going on? Mm-hmm. Yes, it does take time. Sometimes it feels like there's no answer. But the truth is there's a whole other dimension out there working for you. It's there. It's working for you. You know, I've, I'm more relaxed, more harmonious. I'm I'm really feeling good about life, about my choices. Uh, my mind is clear now. My life has completely changed since meeting my guardian angel. I'm not the same person. And mm-hmm. so I wish that I wish that for my listeners too. I wish them not to be afraid. And this is living fearlessly. So we have to, you know, we yes. have to honor. We have to honor this thing. We don't be scared. I know some things like that could sound a little scary, but don't be scared. The the definite factor that will make you know that you're right where you're supposed to be is the love factor. The love factor, the love factor. <laughs> that's it, Lisa. That's all. Mm-hmm. When you feel the love in your heart, you, you can't. It can only be God. It's good. It's not going to hurt you. It's for your good. Beautiful. Well, Alvin, Avery, I want to thank you once again on behalf of the listening audience, the podcast subscribers, the network, and myself for this awesome, yummy, delicious, insightful, very warm-hearted conversation. I personally got a lot out of it. Again, I'm always looking to expand my knowledge base and take things to a deeper level of understanding. And you really provided that and afforded that for me personally as the host, which means I know I'm not speaking alone. Um, So to the listening audience, to the podcast subscribers, I would really highly encourage you to reach out to Alvin Avery. All the information has been provided in the interview. Play it back. Reach out. Buy the books. Do yourself a favor. Your future self will thank you. And uh, I just want to thank everybody once again for the gift of your time. I don't take anything lightly or for granted. I look forward to being back here with yet another phenomenal guest of next week. In the meantime, very clear on my purpose, which is to uplift you to fear less and to live more. So until next Friday, wishing you all my very best love and gratitude and to you as well, Alvin Avery. Thanks so much for the gift of your time. Thank you so much, Lisa. It's been a pleasure. Take care and all my best, everyone. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Halton Honda, Forever, and AHA That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. And until next week, our fearless friends, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio telling you to be your own hero, be your own hero, be your own leader, and be your own best friend. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.